0: Hey, welcome back. It's JL here. And I just want to welcome you to a brand new set of episodes on this podcast. If you're new, thank you and welcome. And if you are returning, thank you as well. And welcome. If you haven't yet um, delved into the library of things that we've spoken about, we're a podcast where we like to have honest chats. That's one of the segments of this podcast and um one of the other segments is where i personally kind of talk about what i'm thinking about at the moment something that possibly might uh something that possibly might um, encourage you and challenge you as well at the same time make you think a little bit more about certain things perhaps you have been thinking about might give a new perspective on things the other one of these segments which i'm looking forward to getting my friend back again to do this is we talk a little bit about wisdom with my friend Bunny who is just a wealth of wisdom so I'm looking forward to do that. But in any case if you haven't yet, um, go back and go through the library of things that we have spoken about. There is topics on fatherhood, we have topics on um, pain and suffering, we have talked about mental health, identity, relationships almost everything we haven't actually quite covered everything so i'm still um going through that Uh, but the whole idea is to keep encouraging people to have this conversation to keep on exploring but to take it back to your specific community of faith and to talk about these things i believe in jesus and i think that he is the answer for the world and for all of humanity's um, all of humanity is searching in everywhere, everything that we're looking into. And so, as you're listening to this conversation, you're going to be listening to a conversation with Craig, where we actually talk about the authority of the Bible, uh, Jesus' relationship to it, Jesus, the Bible's relationship with the Bible, um, where it sits in today's culture and society, from what we have seen and observed. And so, I want to encourage you, whether this is episode one, two, or three. Um, of this three-part series to take it in, um, listen, and if you're challenged, go and speak to somebody in your community, talk these things out, go back and read with people, (laughs) and then I hope you're encouraged, but at any point, um, feel free to get in touch with me as well. My details are also somewhere in the bio. Apart from that, I hope you enjoy this episode and this conversation that I have with Craig about the Bible and scripture and its authority and I'll see you on the other side of this Yeah, for sure um, So one of the things as well that is uh, probably I guess is part of the misunderstanding and um, and perspective that is of in the Bible today is the authority um, that it has and the reliability that it has versus uh, culture mm. and it's <laughs> and it's ever evolving because evolution of ways of thinking is now a good thing. Um, you know that whole it's an outdated. Um, It's old school, the God of the Old Testament. He just seems really angry, you know, um, (laughs) at best. It's moralistic and you can just draw some really good life lessons from it. But we've evolved from that. This, uh, we think better. We have better morals. It's not relevant for today. It's not relevant for today. The sexual ethics, which is probably one of the bigger (laughs) ones today. The sexual ethics of the Bible, if that is even a concept... Um, yeah no it is uh, are <laughs> <it is, laughs> uh, outdated we've evolved from that we're sure. now more free we're now more yep. so it doesn't actually quite have authority um, and in the life of believers and um, today that's a real tension it's a massive. real massive pressure yep. of,
1: because the world is saying this and the yeah. Bible says
0: this and there are very real consequences yep. that are following on uh, from that, I mean, we're we're in Australia, which is a more developed nation. Um, so I guess we didn't quite have the consequences for a long time. That would actually be significant to people if you actually believe the Bible yeah. and what it says. Um, but now it's starting to come around that societally, um, if you halt it, you, know, you just talk about the sexual ethics of Jesus. um or really what he actually believes, um, you're miles removed. Yep. Um, So what what do you say to people that are in that space of tension? Um, Like, obviously we know culture is wrong, because (laughs) it's always wrong. At any point in time, when you whatever culture deems itself the best of whatever, the Bible has something to say that is going to be, no, you've got it wrong. Don't get puffed up. Yep, they get prideful, um, but that's what we're thinking right now. We we'll live in Australia where this is a reality. Uh, um, yeah, and I guess for me, I'm qualifying. Qualifying that with, with seeing. It's not a, maybe it's not a lot, but. Um, you know there's there's been a couple i can't quite remember top of my head but uh, probably tony Campolo is the only one i remember quite clearly there's a famous preacher who um and teacher of of the bible who had changed his your sexuality mm-hmm. um and especially changed his view on um, same-sex same-sex marriage um Because, and the reason was, I think you you probably would have seen this um, in the American gospel because of too many people close enough to him that 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 was a reality for them. Yep. So, it's real, even amongst well-known preachers.
1: Yeah, look... um for myself, when we are talking about um, love, right? Because that, at the end of the day, um, that's what we're really talking about, the, the definition of love
0: right.
1: and, and the definition of um, what it means to be loving as a Christian and what it means to be loving as a preacher or anything like that, which I'm not a preacher, but I have a biblical understanding. mm mm-hmm. Love does not mean we give people what they want. And love does not mean that we allow everything because somebody feels that that is the way to do it, right? Mm. In terms of what we see in the Bible um, in regards to love, homosexuality, sexual sin... um, we are specifically told to run from sexual sin. Mm. Not walk, not crawl, not... Not resist. Resist. (laughs) We are told to run. Yeah. And we are told specifically to run because we must. If not, it'll catch you real quick. Yeah. Um, And you can't just assume that you are going to have the human will to be able to resist because we at the end of the day love sin yeah and because we love sin and because these things feel good we do them mm. we don't fall into sexual sin or sexual temptation because we don't feel good we might feel guilt and shame afterwards but that just leads to us sinning again mm. because the there's a contra- contrast in our brains here the 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 chemistry of the brain is incredible when it comes to this sort of stuff because the uh, the serotonin that gets released after um, sexual pleasure far outweighs the um, emotional guilt and shame that you may feel, mm. which is why people get trapped into this whole cycle where they go, no, but I want the serotonin. Mm. And their brain tells them that I want the serotonin. Want the serotonin. And we end up having... Um, major problems especially within the church because we let this creep mm. and we let this just insidiously become part of our lives mm. and in the case of Tony Campolo I um having heard his preaching and um, all of that sort of stuff and it, before all of the um, the stuff that he adheres to now, you know I respect the guy in the fact that he is a he is totally a man of God but at the same time I'm like dude, you cannot just, because people around you are homosexual or are living in homosexuality or homosexual sin, um, which let's be real, that's what it's called in the Bible. It's mm-hmm. called an abomination. It's called a sin mm-hmm. um, in the Bible. So we can't just go, oh, that's not nice. Mm-hmm. We can't use the word abomination. We can't use the word sin because that's not nice. Yeah, As We said this last time, man. Like. Yeah. The, there is no 11th commandment saying be nice. Mm-hmm. There, there is be kind. Be mm-hmm. kind is not, um, this is funny actually, kindness is not a human trait. Kindness is the fruit of the Spirit.
0: Yes, that's right.
1: And that so right. people substitute kindness for niceness. Mm. And let me put it this way. If I knew that what you were doing was wrong, what you were doing was going to lead to you getting hurt, very badly mm. and what would what you were doing was leading you to eternal, eternal torment. Yeah. And eternal conscious torment at that. Yeah. Where you not only um not <laughs> you not only are in a lake of fire, but you're also conscious of the fact that you're in a lake of fire and who put you there. Mm. And you don't stop sinning because you're suddenly angry at the fact that you're there and you were wrong because you're a stinky little human, right? Mm why would I not tell you the truth? Yeah. Why would I not come to you and say, look, man, you're adhering to the fact that you're a Christian and yet you are practicing homosexual sin. Mm. And so many people have a problem with this nowadays. Yeah. And to them, I say, come at me. I, I really don't care because I'd rather preach a, the yeah, truth who? of the, what, the word. And it says quite clearly that, um, oh gosh, I really don't want to use this out of context, but it says it quite clearly that, um, no one can touch the, the Lord's anointed and, <laughs> mm. mm-hmm. um, but the idea being that, you know, it's not about me being right and you being wrong. It's about you being in sin and me giving you truth mm-hmm. in love. Mm. Because I would rather be the guy who you come to towards the end of your life in tears saying, I'm so sorry that I was wrong. I have now reformed and I am back mm. in the fold mm. rather than come to me at the end of your life being angry as all hell that you that I never told you.
0: Mm. Yeah,
1: yeah. So I, I would rather be the guy who says, look, man, I'm telling you this in love. You are living in sin yeah. and you need to fix that. Yeah. Um, and it's the same with any sin it's not just sexual it's like if you are addicted to bullying people if you're addicted Mm -hmm. to drugs if you're addicted to alcohol you know why did we treat sexual sin any different? Yeah. You know, why do we... Great
0: point.
1: When we have um, sexual sin in the church, when we see sexual sin propagate throughout the church and have real problem in the church, why do we never address it Mm. the same way as we deal with everybody else? Yeah. And everything else that we address, like alcoholism or drugs or, you know... um, people being just straight-up mean within the church. We have a yeah. lot more teaching on that yeah. than we do about sexual sin. Mm. And being from a background where I have seen bad things happen in two different churches with two completely different theologies, yeah, that's not okay. Mm. And it's it's fine for us to actually get harsh here. And I was talking uh, with a, a friend of ours, a mutual friend of ours actually, um, Stella, um, about yeah she's great um, about confrontation and yeah. um, and it was again I've, I've said this about three times now that it was relating to American gospel mm. and she had a bit of a problem with the delivery of American gospel yeah and I'm like okay sure um, they probably could have phrased things in a different way yeah. absolutely but you know hindsight's always twenty twenty. but at the same time we're seeing the end of the process here yeah. These people that they are actively calling out have been gone to and and asked, why are you preaching this way? Mm. Do you realize that it's sinful? Do you realize that it's wrong? And then elders of the church global have gone to them and said, do you realize that you're preaching heresy? Mm. And now they're being called out in front of the church. Mm. That is the biblical process mm. of how we are meant to deal with issues. Yeah. And yet there was a the problem because it, it, oh, it wasn't nice enough. Right. And I'm sure Stella doesn't think that to the fullest extent because Stella's great and she has a great working theology of everything. But yeah. I think the, we forget so often that for people to be corrected and for people to be brought back into the fold, they need to be confronted. You can't just sit alongside them and be like, oh no, don't do that. No, no, that's not a, no, no, don't do it. Oh no. You know, (laughs) know. who's going to stop doing something if somebody's sitting there doing that? And I'm telling you now, this is the equivalent of what the church does. Mm. The church will sit there and go, all right, guys, remember to run from sexual sin. Remember that you've got to, you know, no, don't just walk, just run. You've got to be away from it. Rather than being like, run, son. Mm. seriously like get out of that situation yeah and to any of the young listeners right now who are with their girlfriend or with their boyfriend and you are in a room alone and the door is closed get out (laughs) open the door and get out yeah seriously speaking from experience it will do you no good yeah it will not bring you into a good relationship with Christ. Yeah. And I tell you right now, don't go for a drive. Yeah. Cars are way too private nowadays. <laughs> and there are so many places that you could go where you wouldn't get You'll caught. You'd be alone. I know from experience, okay? <laughs> and I'm not lauding that as something that I am boasting about. I'm telling you this as a warning. Don't think that you are able to control yourself yeah. because we are told to run, yeah. which means that we can't. And it has been proven over human history that we can't. It's a reality. If David, yeah. the king of the Israelites, <laughs> Flip and killed a guy over wanting to have sex with somebody. Surely you can understand <laughs> we can't control ourselves. Like that should be our clinch point. Even though yeah. David is a precursor to Jesus,
0: Jesus
1: yeah. we still see the human nature, mm. and we still see the massive problem.
0: Yeah,
1: and I, so as I said before, I frankly do not care if you have a problem with this. People listening, you need to understand and know that if you are in sexual sin, you must turn and repent and come back to him ASAP.
0: Yeah.
1: Because you are putting your eternal soul at risk. Yeah. And it is not that sexual sin is a darker black than any other sin. It is that it is more of an affront to God. Mm. This is the idea that we have to understand here. Sin is black, but the idea behind what you are doing changes. If yeah. you lie, you are affronting God's justice. If you uh, kill somebody, you are affronting the fact that God created that person in mm. Imago day. Mm. If you are in sexual sin and unifying yourself spiritually with somebody, you are affronting God, the Holy Spirit, and Jesus, all three in one. Mm. That is a massive, eternal problem for you. Yeah which is why we have some heavier teaching on the on the repentance side of this which I have always never understood about the church we have heavier teaching on repenting from sexual sin and having to you know cut sexual ties away and cut spiritual ties away yeah. but we don't have heavy teaching on how to run from sexual sin on mm. how to get out of sexual sin mm. in the first place
0: yeah
1: yeah and it just needs to be this. Sorry, I've been on my high horse for no, the it's, last three it's minutes. Fine. It's fine
0: because uh, as you're talking, I'm thinking um, like if you, and those of you who don't maybe don't know Craig, because a lot of you might not know him. Um, listen to the first I podcast. T- <laughs> <laughs> I listen to first podcast. Um, I talk to you. You don't get this passionate about anything else. Hmm. If it's the Bible, you're in there. You're, and like you know, on as we're talking about Scripture, we're talking about the Bible. Um, you don't. You're not a full time minister. You don't. <laughs> not, so this is you taking your own personal time to study to to you know to to just like immerse yourself in the word in the world of Jesus. So um, we're not talking. You have thousands your husband, you have a job, you have your own hobbies. Um and, and I'm just thinking about the people that will have the excuse of I don't have enough time. I don't mm. this and that. Like we, we can always make some bull crap. <laughs> <laughs> we make time for what we value, right? Um and not only that, but it's it's not like you're being harsh. And I just want to clarify that because it's I'm hearing you pretty much and as you're talking the Bible verses are coming in, so if we just removed you out of the picture and we just presented, Hey, here's what the Bible says, it would still sound as for yep, it would as, still sound as intense, yeah, it would still be as, um, as you know, cutting a line yep. like flee from sexual immorality is a verse in the Bible,
1: yep,
0: <laughs> that's just the reality of it, is yeah. that you're not going. You're not going ah, and, and be all well. passionate just for the sake of it. It's yeah. like, no. That's what the Bible does. And and that's the thing is that with culture and the Bible coming one against the other is that we we think, oh, because you hold you hold to this and you're actually quoting the Bible that it's no. You, you can't, you, you need to be nice, you need to be kind. But even yeah. if you just had, hey, here's a piece of paper, yeah. the words of the Bible are written on it,
1: you're oppressing me.
0: Yeah. Yeah, right? <laughs> but,
1: but this speaks to the Gnosticism of our generation, of the yeah. of the, the world in which we live at the moment, yeah. is that you don't know that you're offensive until I tell you that you're offensive, and then I need to educate you on why you were offensive, yeah. which is Gnosticism. Yeah. You don't know what you don't know, but I do, yeah. and I'm going to tell you about it. And I think one of the things that we need to remember here is, like, if you listen to the first three parts of the podcast, um, which I was on, mm. I tell you my testimony. Yeah, I have been in sexual sin. Mm. I know what it's like. I have failed. And it is for the sole purpose that we glorify God here yeah. that I use my testimony and it's my right. experience right. engaged with the gospel and engaged with the word of Christ yeah. and tell you to fix yourself, you know, and it's not about, you know, oh, that was you and I'm me because that's just postmodernism. You can get wrecked, man. Like (laughs) you can't say that, oh, your truth is your truth and my truth is my truth because, frankly, truth is not subjective. It's not subjective. Truth is objective. Yeah. And the sole truths that you need to know are written in the word of God. Mm. Anything counter to that you can discard as chaff because it's from a human. Yeah, not from anybody else Yeah, and when I get passionate about this sort of stuff it's because I see far too many young people and especially the guys like girls, I understand they have the same sort of issues but guys as the head of the relationship guys as the head of the household guys as the head of the church and if you have a theological problem with that <laughs> I'll happily <laughs> take you on once again I will link on all- this <laughs> happy to um, but the idea is that if you if you have a problem with being the one who leads in the relationship, mm. you need to be upfront and honest with yeah. not only the person who you're dating but the person who you're dating's dad mm-hmm. and you need to let that dad know and you need to be upfront and honest and that yeah. is a hard conversation. Yeah. Um, yeah. You know, my in-laws knowing that I was in a relationship before and mm. we were engaged and we were having sex before – Led me and Ashley to a right relationship with her parents,
0: yeah,
1: and a right relationship with my parents, yeah, because they had the whole story. Yes, you know, it wasn't that. Oh yeah, Craig seems to be a good bloke. It's mm-hmm. that no, we know Craig we is a know. good bloke because he failed, and he has repented, mm-hmm. and now he's asking for our daughter's hand in marriage.
0: Mm-hmm.
1: So mm-hmm. the you've got to look at it through the lens of the cross, obviously, yeah, and. <sighs> Guys who are listening and who might struggle with this, like, seriously, swallow your damn pride, Mm -hmm. humble yourself, go speak to your mentor, go speak to a minister if Mm -hmm. you don't have a mentor, and have that hard, awkward, disgusting conversation where you will feel shamed, you will feel hurt, you will feel lost, you will feel broken, which is the most insecure emotions that us guys can feel. Yeah and just swallow your pride and do it. Yeah. Cuz if you don't, the the consequence is far worse yeah. than the action. That's right. You know, and if you don't sort this out while you're young or, you know, if you if you guys who are struggling with this who are already, you know, well into their 40s, 50s, mm. sort this out while you still have time. Yes. For good to say. Like, yeah. <laughs> you know, don't just treat this as something that you can sweep under the carpet and then deal with 5 minutes before death yeah. because you'll forget. You will. And then you'll be spat out of the mouth of God, to be frank. Because mm-hmm. away from me, I've never known you. Mm-hmm. Scariest verse in the Bible. <laughs> but seriously, like not yeah. just with sexual sin, but if we're looking at cultural authority versus biblical authority, I don't think there is much of an argument. The Bible has been around for thousands of years, mm. and not just the New Testament. I'm talking thousands of years in terms of written Old Testament as well, yeah. the Word of God. Cultural authority does not hold a candle. Mm. Um, And I think, you know, I mentioned Gnosticism before where we have this culture nowadays, especially in postmodernism, where scepticism has been reinforced. Yeah. Modernism was we we can look to science and science will have all of our answers. And mm. postmodernism is now, well, science had no answers and didn't answer all the things that it should do, so now we have to reject that meta-narrative yeah. and let's impose scepticism as our measure of all things. Mm. And yeah. that is such crap. It is. Like it's and insane. that's telling us that truth is subjective and that truth can be discerned by yourself and your own thoughts and your own inner man, not by anything that anybody gives you. Yeah, which is not just ruining our culture, but it's ruining how we teach people. It's ruining how we teach uni students. It's, yes, it's ruining how we do life as as people, not just as Christians. Yeah, um, and if we look at the the working world, there are so many people out there who have such problems with authority. Yeah, um, and in my position. Um, I'm a head technician of an AV firm or the AV department of a um, bigger firm. But the idea is that, you know, I, I have to interview people mm-hmm. and I have to have a team underneath me who yeah. trusts my authority yeah. and also trusts the authority of the manager above me. And I, mm-hmm. I mentioned to a co-worker the other day, my authority has actually never been laid out from the start of my job there. So I am head technician, mm-hmm. but the authority has not been laid out for the people underneath me that... You know, Craig is the one that you speak to first, not the next guy up the chain. Yeah. And I'm like slowly trying to turn that around so that my authority is understood. Mm. And we need to do the same thing in terms of the Bible and our, our view of culture. We need to bring the Bible in as the head technician here yeah. and we need to change our perspective. So the head technician is the thing that we go to first. Yeah. The Bible is the thing that we go to first Absolutely. and then we look at everything else. Yeah. And if you're looking for a reason why we do something or if you are questioning authority just because you don't feel they're being nice enough, I'm really sorry, but get a get a life, mm. man. Mm. Like seriously, grow up. You're not a child anymore. And if you are a child listening to this podcast, well done. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> um, I'm glad you figured out how to use a phone or Spotify. Or, um, <laughs> but seriously, like if you guys have such a problem with authority, you should reevaluate your life as a Christian and as a person, because authority is essentially how we determine the world. Yeah,
0: you know, and and Jesus is not too shy about saying, give up your entire life. Yeah, and uh, James writes, submit yourself. Yeah, you know, humble yourself on the mighty hand of God, and so there, there is a. We talked about in the last podcast, but but a dying to self, a follow me, a um, unless unless you die, unless you pick up your cross, a um, we we are not the ultimate authority because I agree with you that there is a massive culture of what is now called. De- deconstructionism. Let's just pull everything apart. Yeah. Why marriage? Why is that a thing? Like yep. why the the church is any kind of um, any kind of group of people that seem to have a level of authority or seem to
1: have a level of um, why the police? Maybe. You know why the, <laughs> the <laughs> seems to be what's happening over in America at the moment. Oh, why the police? My gosh. Um,
0: that there is this, um, and, and I'm borrowing words from uh, from this guy called uh, <clears throat> Mark Sayers, who says there is this real deeply ingrained skepticism and questioning and untrustworthiness with authorities of mm. any kind, of any kind, that's just in there. Mm. It's like, I'm not going to listen to you, question
1: every single thing. Honestly, for myself, this is just childlike. Um, mm. I pointed this out to Ashley the other day she was we were talking about childlike faith and it we are asked we are told to have childlike faith when it comes to not just Jesus but when it comes to the word and and that doesn't mean believing without saying mm-hmm. and that doesn't mean believing without any concept of you know what might be behind that mm-hmm. children ask questions yes if you are around a child for 5 minutes you will be pestered with questions <laughs> And it's annoying as all heck, but at the same time, we need to ask questions when it comes to the word. That's right. What's interesting is that that culture has not ceased from childhood. And then when we have grown into men and women, we have not stopped questioning. Mm. We have not stopped being childlike skeptics. We are taking that childlike mentality into the world. Mm. and this is where i believe where, where it talks about shifting from milk to meat, to meat where it says at when i was a child i did as a child now i'm a man i do as a man mm. like you must move yourself away from skepticism
0: yeah
1: and have some solid truth as your basis that's right and for us christians it's easy we have the bible <laughs> for people who aren't christians they will question everything until somebody can give them solid fact yeah and i think an interesting example of this is the whole flat earth thing. Like, why the hell does anybody believe in flat earth? Well, because they're sceptic. And because nobody in their culture or in their life has told them, you are not allowed to do that with anything. But you can't
0: do that. That's not nice. To I don't. You can't care. tell people the wrong thing.
1: <laughs> Look, I... I... I Really struggle sometimes with holding my tongue, because I <laughs> uh, I grew up um, for for those who uh, want some further context. <laughs> I, I grew up under a military father, so mm. my my dad's uh, ex Navy rat. Um, and his dad was a navy rat and his yeah. dad before him was a navy rat. And yeah, wow. his dad before him was a navy rat. Um it was actually my generation that broke that. Um so oh, Yeah, no, <laughs> I know. My dad approached me at eighteen and was like, Look, you're eighteen now. Like you can join the forces. And he actually approached me at sixteen and was like, Look, I'll deal with your mum. I can sign the papers if you want. Like <laughs> so I gotta let you guys know, like there was no nice. <laughs> like, my mum my was nice. My mum was lovely, you know, past his kid. But my dad, like, he knew how to throw down and yeah. he knew how to wield his authority. Mm. And, you know, honestly, like, now that I'm older, I actually aspire to be like my dad when I, get, when I end up having kids. Because, mm. it, like, it's one of those things where it's like, when you're a kid, it doesn't feel nice and it doesn't feel good. But when you're an adult, you kind of go like, "Oh, that kept me out of a hell of a lot of shit." Excuse yeah. <laughs> yeah. Nice yeah. my French, yeah. but like, that kept that me out of French. a huge <laughs> amount of trouble yeah. because he he said no, and he authoritatively said no. Yeah. And then when I got a bit older, he slackened the rope a little bit and let yeah. me have a little bit more leash to run on. Yeah. Um, and there was always a certain point where he would yank on that leash to make sure that I didn't run too far. But, yeah. you know, even into my 18, 19, 20, you know, I, I was at home till 26 because of everything that happened with yeah. my ex-fiancé and stuff. So there was always a certain thing where it was like, I was under dad's household. Yeah. And by the time I was 22... I had to reconcile my relationship with my dad, and mm. I had to come to him and apologize for telling him at 16 that I hated him, mm. um, for wanting to punch his lights out when I was 18, for mm. um, constantly abusing my sonship under him mm. um, and taking all the good but not wanting all the bad, um, which all the bad was good anyway. Yeah. So, you know, I, but I had to do a huge amount of apologizing, reconciling my relationship right. with my dad to yeah. the point where. You know, he says now um, quite often, "I'm proud of you," wow. and he doesn't say, "I'm proud of you" because I am doing well at work or I am doing, you know, good things. He says, "I'm proud of you" because I'm his son.
0: Yeah.
1: And yeah. that, if that's not a biblical picture of what mm-hmm. sonship should look like, I don't mm-hmm. know what is. Yeah. So, when it comes to being nice, mm-hmm. stuff it. Be kind to the poor, yeah. be kind to the widow, be kind to the people who are suffering, be yeah. kind to the people who are going through trauma for sure. Yeah. But don't just be nice to the people who are actively in sin and protesting the will of the father on their life. Mm. Cause yeah. that's wrong. Yeah. And we cannot condone as Christians, people who are wrong in their faith. Yeah. And even the Gentile, we we bring them the gospel. Yes. We bring them the idea that you have to turn from your ways That's right. and become a Christian, so you have eternal hope. Yeah. Because this life is not all there is. Yeah. And it's not like the be-all and end-all is 100%. not when you start living and when you finish living. Yeah. Like you need to figure that out. And I think um, I feel like I've been rambling for a bit. Keep but... going. I'm liking this. <laughs> I feel like um, one of the major problems that we've had over the years is that somewhere along the line, it stopped being okay to correct your children. And I don't mean smacking your kids. I got smacked when I was a kid. That's not the point. Um, I mean, correct. And it's, it's not nice to say to your child that they're wrong or mm. that they can't do that or that they can't sit on the computer for hours at a time. Like, yeah. you know, I, when I was a kid, I was given half an hour of computer time a day and that was generous you know wow. um and my cousins i i remember um david and scott they were given half an hour computer time on a weekend that was it david um, and scott <laughs> the rest of the time they um you know they spent time doing sports and stuff and i actually kind of wish that i had more of a childhood like them because i wouldn't be such a chunky guy you know but, There's the word. Hey, yeah, we got one oh, in. That's it. the first time today, too. <laughs> <laughs> two hours in, that's good. Um, but yeah, like yeah. you know, yeah. I, I sometimes wish that I had that rather than what I had. But at the same time, like you know, it mm. was stricter than most of the people that I knew.
0: Yeah.
1: Um. I know my mate Ben, who um, he grew up without a dad. His dad passed away when he was young, so yeah. his mum was a bit more lenient on stuff, and mm. she had to do the dual parenting role, yeah. which super tough, like such Great. a hard task. Yeah. She had, um, Ben and Claire. So mm. it was not only she had to be the authoritative figure for the, for Ben, but she also had to be the feminine figure for Claire. And that is super difficult. Man, what a and then, yeah, like looking around my friendship circles, there was a nice widespread of lower socioeconomic to high socioeconomic. Mm. And the, differences in how you bring up your children in in those different brackets. Like I think it's something that is a bit lost nowadays is like you have to have a standardized way in which you perform discipline with your children. Yes. And discipline, I'm not so much talking about correcting their behavior through smacking or through naughty mats or anything, which honestly I don't think they work. Um, I, I mean more along the lines of forming good disciplines within your children. Mm-hmm. Like when we wake up in the morning from this time to this time, even if it's 15 minutes a day, this is Bible time. Yeah, And you continue yeah. that right the way through until they leave your house. Yeah. This is Bible time. This is Bible time. This is Bible time. And it's not saying that between 7 and 7.15, that's Bible time. It's that whenever you wake up, you have 15 minutes of Bible time. And that way you're forming a good habit. And this is, uh, you know, I spoke last podcast about how if we only taught Old Testament in Sunday school, um, it would be an interesting little study in seeing Mm. what kids come out of Sunday school believing and whether they have a fear of God or not. And then whether the gospel of Jesus actually has an effect on their life at 12 years old. Um, But yeah, like disciplining in terms of forming good habits and then correcting with um, the firmness of the word, but also the gentleness of a fatherly hand. That's right. Um, and yeah. yeah, and that's all from a guy who doesn't have kids yet. So we'll see if these principles actually work when <laughs> they do. There will be but,
0: challenged for
1: sure. Oh, absolutely. Yeah. But I think the other yeah. major thing is consistency. Yeah. You yeah. can't you can't just do one thing one time and then when they do it again, do it. The same different way, way. <laughs> like or you sorry do, do it a different, different way. way yeah um you've got to do it the same way every time
0: yeah um but which yeah. you need to have a foundation for <laughs> going back to um discipline. yeah when, when you were talking when you're talking about that it, it came to mind a verse in hebrew no discipline is ever pleasurable in mm. the moment uh, but god loves he loves those he disciplines yep. and so when we talk about scripture we talk about uh, how it doesn't agree with uh with where it finds us in our sinful death you know death described state mm. uh, and us following jesus is a discipline that's what mm. disciples they're disciplining themselves after the life of jesus um uh, by the grace of god um and, and so it, it, it is a, um, when you're crucifying the flesh, that is discipline, mm. you know, um, and, and it never feels good. It mm. never actually feels good in the moment, but you look back and you go, thank you for yeah. your grace. Thank and you
1: for your holy scriptures. This all ties back as well, because when we talk about discipline and not being pleasurable, that's because the desires of our heart are inherently sinful. Mm. And yes. the desires of our heart being inherently sinful means that we don't like discipline because yes. we don't like being told we're wrong. That's right. But yeah. if we flip that on its head and go, okay, yeah, sure, we don't like discipline. But if we are ever renewed by the transforming of our minds mm. to conform to his will and his desires for our heart, then eventually yeah. we will enjoy the discipline. Absolutely. And I think of... Um, Uh, using martial arts as a as a example here um the the whole idea of um i think it was bruce lee was saying that he doesn't fear the guy who's practiced a thousand kicks one time Mm. he fears the guy who's practiced one kick a thousand times and the idea if we take that to the word if we practice this wow thousands upon thousands of times throughout our life if we practice this and practice this and practice this Mm. it will not only move from a discipline to a like i was gonna say uncontrollable habit like Moving it from a discipline. That's not such a bad thing to
0: have an uncontrollable
1: hunger for the Word of God. (laughs) But like a yearning. And like if we don't do it, we feel naked. Absolutely. Because we've missed something. Absolutely. And it's like, you know, we're so used to carrying around our phone, our wallet, and our keys, Mm -hmm. you know. And when we don't have it, we feel naked. Yeah. Um, Which we should be feeling that way about the Bible. Yes. If we haven't done our Bible reading in the morning, then we should feel naked yeah, because we've gone into our day without the armor of God. Absolutely. And yeah. we haven't yeah. refreshed our memory of who God is, you know? Yeah. Um, it's just, yeah. Absolutely. I think good discipline um, and, you know, almost having a, a martial sort of idea about it where we are constantly thinking about life in this way and we are mm. constantly thinking about how does the scripture apply here? How does the scripture apply here? Yeah. Lord, would you reveal something to yeah. me right now? Yeah. Lord, yeah. would you reveal what I'm meant to know here? Like, mm. And constantly sitting in that flow of like, um, okay, this has just happened. What do I do now? This has just happened. What do I do now? This has what's happened. What do I do now? And it's not about questioning everything and mm. you know questioning the motive behind everything. It's about asking God what his will is for that situation. Right. Yeah. Um, and that could be a a second or it could be 10 minutes or it could be half an hour, you know, it could be three months, you know, um, Mm -hmm. we're in this situation at the moment where, you know, my, my wife, Ashley has, um, two part-time jobs, which aren't doing very well. Mm. Um, and she's just been put on job keepers just to keep her afloat because there's no work going around. And we've had these contracts that have come up and then, She's applied for them and then got a rejection letter for her. And mm. then there's these two which we're waiting for, to get. Um, they've been there since March. And she's been calling them and saying, oh, is there any word on the contract? And like, yeah, 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 it's like a couple of days mm. away. And they've done this since March, right? But they haven't sent her a rejection letter. So we're like, Lord, whatever it's your really will really is for this situation, later, yeah. like we hope that it comes through that she yeah. gets a job. If she doesn't, she'll go back to study. But, mm-hmm. And that's okay too. Yeah. But it's like, how do we deal with this situation? In a worldly, in a secular view, we would go, "Wow, this is really devastating that nothing's come through. We've been mm. waiting for this for six months." Or when they cancelled the GAMSAT back in March, we would have had a mental breakdown. Or when we can't, when uh, we found out that Curtin's entry exam into medical isn't accepting mm. um, non-high school students this year, you know, that would have led to a mental breakdown. And it's like there's been little cracks along the way, but it's never broken us because yeah. we're like, well, it's just another door closed. Yeah. And because of that, we're content with just waiting. Mm-hmm. We're content with just seeing where it goes. You know? yeah. And that's a discipline thing. It's that's something right. that we have had to discipline ourselves in yeah. as we have grown in our marriage. That's right. Because otherwise we would be at each other's throats because yeah. my perspective is not Ashley's perspective and Ashley's perspective is not my perspective. But both of our perspectives are the word. Mm. And because of that, we have common ground, yeah. and it's so much easier to yeah, deal with to life. Go from there, um, absolutely. Mm. Mm.
0: That's wicked. No, no, wicked way. <laughs> it's, it's wicked good, not wicked bad. <laughs> wicked <good>. yeah. <laughs> yeah. yeah, that's good. That's good. Um, I appreciate that. Um, I, I guess, going from this conversa- conversation, um, one of the biggest thing that comes to mind is. Um, one of the differences that, um, in terms of meditation, because that's one of the things that God um, explicitly tells um, Hebrews, um, to, you know, to meditate on the Word. We, it's encouraged in the Psalms um, that that it is important to know, mm. to know. So we're not taken by every, you know, every change in culture and. Evolving, <laughs>
1: update, yeah. upgrade. I think I think it's important to clarify as well. When it's speaking about meditation, we need to throw out the New Age idea the of what age, meditation yeah. is, which is emptying, emptying your mind, and just yeah. letting the universe communicate to you. And yeah. Yeah, no, <laughs> it's, like, it's, no, it's not. It's it's filling, filling your mind. That's right. That's exactly um, right.
0: And and that's that's where I guess uh, for me this is sort of is that the importance of. Even more so now, even more so for us who don't have the societal structure that Mm. a Jewish um, young person did have uh, or has today, if that's still how it's happening, uh, is how much more important for us to understand that if Jesus is the central figure, the central Lord and Master of our lives, um, if we can call them our lives anymore, how important it is for us to be transformed and he gives us the tools. Yeah. So we're not left like orphans. We're not left to our own devices. He gives us his Holy Spirit. He gives us his written word. And it, we have no excuse to yep. say, two years walking with Christ, I am still exactly the same. I still have the exact same working yep. knowledge of who he is. Um, five years into that, my life, my heart, my mind, I'm not transformed and changed. I'm not yep. challenged to become Yeah, I got some different. fundamental issues right, right there. <laughs> <laughs> right. And so, yeah, so it, it, it doesn't make sense. The Absolutely. two don't marry. Absolutely. Because biblically, that's just not possible. Yep. And so we... Biblically, if you have true faith,
1: <laughs> if you have you true will faith, change. you will change.
0: It's just not... it. it they don't marry. Mm. And so um, we, we definitely need to get rid of this mentality of first of all the bible is about me i can go to it to fix my life mm. it's not it's we cannot fix ourselves yep. it's god who gives us a new and transformed heart and he molds us according to he's got a model it's mm. not what's what's craig's gonna look like the yep. best version no it's jesus that's the best version yep. and that's who he's got in mind
1: and i think as well it's not Returning us to the Eden perfection. No, I think uh, it's important to clarify because the there's a lot of people out there today who are preaching that the Bible is about returning to the. It's about returning to the perfection of Mm -hmm. the garden, Mm. and that's not the case. We are created in imago Dei, image of God, Mm. but we are striving towards imago Christos, image of Christ. We are not there to go back to imago Dei because we will never achieve it. imago Dei is perfection. imago Christos, we can look at it and go, okay, well, how how can I be more like Jesus? Mm Mm-hmm. And when we talk about meditation on the word, well, Jesus meditated on the word daily. Yes. <laughs> <He didn't, Yeah. laughs> there wasn't a single day of his life that he did not meditate on the word. So yeah. looking at it that way, maybe you should start there. Start there. And you might it's see the right that the rest start. of your life starts to conform to the word. Problem. That is brilliant. It's just, it's almost as simple as that. Like close up, (laughs) stop everything, close the book, stop, we're done. Don't Don't read any. No,
0: it's true. It Mm. is true. If the Bible is the the book that you read the rest of your life, that is more like, more than enough.
1: And I've got to say as well, like if you don't understand how the word of God, the Bible, affects your life or if you find a situation that you can't bring back to the word or you can't draw something out of the word to apply to that then you might want to do a little bit more research and you might want to do a little bit more of an in-depth study on some stuff because as much as it is not a manual for life in that you can't draw parallels between the bible and abortion or the bible and um like drug taking in that it's not directly referenced what you can do is you can look at it in the terms of, look, you need to understand the meaning behind what is being said yeah. um, and exegete. You, you've got to draw the meaning out, not imply your own meaning on the text. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. And when I say that you know things aren't referenced like abortion and stuff like that, it, slavery is not really spoken against of in the word as well, remembering this. Like, it it does talk about that a a slave going from a slave to a brother in in Galatians Mm -hmm. or or from um, uh, Jesus talking about being a, instead of being a slave, becoming a servant. Like, it it changes the definition, but it's not talking about abolishing this because it was part of the culture. Mm -hmm. It was cultural context. Um, And if you look at cultural context of, you know, back in... Um, you know 30 AD slavery was a big thing Uh, abortion probably wasn't Mm -hmm. (laughs) probably didn't find that anywhere because of the cultural implications of what that would have meant Um, it's really hard to draw parallels between those things Um, but all of that being said I think that when we come back to it man like it's (sighs) understanding why we were saved who we are saved to and meditating on that. Yeah. And the only re- the only way that we can figure that out, the only way we can understand any of that is by reading and studying yeah, and meditating right. on the word. That's right. Cuz this is how God reveals himself to us. Yeah. He doesn't just appear in a cave or appear <laughs> really? in angel format somewhere yeah. in the middle of a forest. Yeah. He he reveals himself through the word. Yeah. Yeah. Correct.
0: hey guys that is the end of that episode whether you're listening to episode one two or three i hope that that has not been the only one that you've listened to so if you have only listened to one of the three episodes i would encourage you to go back and to listen to the other one so you have a fuller picture of this two hour conversation and if you love the bible i hope that this has been rich to you it's been informative it's been encouraging and challenging um, for you to go back and to look at certain other things, maybe the assumptions that you are carrying about the Bible about what it means, what it says, what Jesus thinks about it, to go back to talk to somebody who knows what they know, who knows what they're talking about and um, yeah, take it from there. I hope this has been encouraging to you. I'm going to have Craig come back for future episodes and future conversations. love talking to Craig and love his perspective on life on how things are going. So, if you're new, um, welcome and thank you for tuning in. Thank you for taking the time to tune in and to um, listen to this. I hope you were encouraged. If you are returning, thank you as well for lending your ear. I look forward to releasing more of these, to continuing to explore uh, my passion of talking about Jesus and how His. Um, his reality, his kingdom, his way of thinking, his leading, his impacting, and continues to impact our world and leading us into transformation. So stay along for the journey, stay along for how this unfolds. And um, I really believe there's quite a lot of things that are unfolding inside of our world, a lot of people that are being called into greater spaces and places to be able to contribute to the world around. And um, I'm looking forward to the changes that that bring into our world. Aside from that, you will be hearing from me in this podcast uh, or in various other things and stuff that I'm getting involved on. This has been Honest Chats with Craig, my host JL, and I'll see you very, very, very soon.